0: Rabbi Yisrael Sadegor was a Rebbe for only a short amount of time, because unfortunately he passed away when he was very young. But while he was alive, he had one chassid, Moishele, who was a very wealthy Jew and a deeply committed chassid of the Sadegor Rebbe. Moishele made some bad decisions in business, and he found himself deep in debt. And it all happened on one day that all of the banks who had lent him money asked for the money back, and at the same time, Moshiach received a letter from his Rebbe asking him to bring 2,000 rubles within 14 days for a poor bride that he needed to marry off. Moshiach thought to himself, Well, the minimum payment on the debts that I owe is 2,000 rubles, and the Rebbe is asking me to raise 2,000 rubles for a poor bride. For sure, I can't raise 4,000 rubles because 2,000 rubles back then was a fortune. So he said, It must be a sign from Hashem. That the Rebbe knows what I'm going through and the Rebbe's going to save me. And so he told his wife, who was really worried that they were going to lose everything, that everything will be fine. The Rebbe gave him a sign, and he went around collecting 2,000 rubles for the poor bride. When he came back home, he found that his family had been kicked out of the house. All of the furniture was on the street. His wife was sitting on one of the couches with the kids. The house was locked up taken by the bank. But Moishaleh, he had faith in the Rebbe, and he said to his wife, Malkale, you have nothing to worry about. I'm going to go to the Rebbe tomorrow, and everything's going to be fine. So, you know, when Moishaleh was wealthy, everybody was his friend. But now that he'd lost everything, no one wanted to help him out. And eventually he was able to find one friend of his who said, although you can't stay in my house, I'll let you stay in the stable, because I only have one horse in there right now. And so Moishele was happy to move the family into the stable. At least they had a roof over their heads. They moved in all their furniture, all their possessions, everything. They had beds, so they laid down on the bed. Moishele's in his pajamas. The kids and wife are in pajamas. Everybody lays down, goes to sleep. The horse goes to sleep. And that night, there was a four-alarm fire. And the stable burned down to the ground. With everything in it. Moshele and his wife were able to get out with the kids, but all he had were the pajamas that he was wearing and the 2,000 rubles that he had kept in his shirt pocket and the pajamas just in case. So Moishle said to his wife and kids, don't worry, I'm going to the Rebbe this morning and everything will be fine. Moshele borrowed a capate, a pair of pants, and he went to see the Rebbe. And he was 100% sure that the second he walked into the door, the Sadagora was going to say to him, Thank you so much, Moishula, for collecting this money, and I'm going to give you a bracha, that your whole fortune will be returned to you. But as soon as Moishele walked into the Rebbe's house and put the 2,000 rubles on the table, the Rebbe didn't even look at him. He counted the money, and then he said, Thank you, Moshe." Moshe said to himself, What's going on here? The Rebbe doesn't understand what I went through to get this money and what I've gone through. And so Moishele thinks, Okay, I just have to leave the house, just have to respect the Rebbe and walk out of the house, and as he's walking backwards to the door, he says, no, wait a second, I can't take this, and he marches straight back to the Sadigore Rebbe, and he says, Rebbe, this is the last time you're ever going to see me. I thought you were a real Rebbe, that you could see from one end of the world to the other, but now I know you're just a big fake. You didn't know that I'm bankrupt and I've lost everything, even the shirt on my back. I borrowed this kapata, I don't even own it. And all you wanted me to do was go around and collect 2,000 rubles for you. I'm finished with you, Rebbe. The Sadagor Rebbe pointed to the chair, and he said, Moishele, please sit down. So Moishele sat down, and the Sadagor Rebbe began to explain, I want you to know that exactly what's happening right now happened to my Heilege grandfather, the holy original Rebbe, and one of his chassidim. My grandfather needed 2,000 rubles for a poor bride, and one of his chassidim, Came into the house, put the money on the table. Expected a miracle because he had suffered just like you—bankruptcy, and he lost his house, and everything burned to the ground, just like you. And the same thing happened. The chassid put the money on the table in front of the Rishner Rebbe, and he said, "Rebbe, I want you to know this is the last time you're ever going to see me." And my holy grandfather, the Rishner, he said to his chassid, "Yosale, Yosale, sit down. I want to tell you a story." And this is the story that my grandfather the heiligerishener, told to his chassid. Many years ago, there was a very wealthy merchant whose name was Mendel David, and he was very successful in business, but he had one thing that he would never compromise on. He would never buy anything on credit. He paid for everything in cash, and he had a huge business that made millions of rubles. So he walked around with millions of rubles in a safe box. Now, Mendel David had a partner who was his accountant. And the two of them always traveled together. They went to the great fair in Leipzig, where they would buy their merchandise for the entire year, and they took turns guarding the chest of money. One time, when they were going to the fair, they decided to stop for a little picnic in a beautiful spot outside of Leipzig. It was Mendel David's turn to watch the chest, and he put it under his hat and lay down on the grass. He used the box as a pillow, and he looked up at the sky and the trees and the birds. And he fell asleep for a few minutes and then woke up and said, wow, we got to get going. We're going to be late for the fair. The accountant, who had also fallen asleep, woke up and he said, ah, we got to go. And they jumped up and they ran back to the carriage and neither of them remembered the box. They didn't even think about it until three months later when they had to pay for all the merchandise that they had selected at the fair. So Mendel Davidi turned to his business partner, the accountant, and he said, okay, Here's the list of what I want you to pay, and he gave him a list, and the accountant said, wait a minute, where's the money box? Mendel David said, what do you mean? I thought you had it. The accountant said, no, I thought you had it. I just figured that you were holding it all along." Mendel David and the accountant couldn't figure out what happened to the box. They had both assumed that the other one had it, and they hadn't seen it in months. Of course, being such good friends and business partners for so many years, they didn't blame each other. They each thought that they were the one that lost the box, but now they had a real problem. They had to pay today. This was their last chance to pay, and they didn't know what to do. So words started spreading around the merchants in the fair, and these merchants had been doing business with Mendel David and his accountant for years and years, and they said right away, please take everything on credit you'll pay us next year. Nothing to worry about. But Mendel David would not take anything on credit. And the accountant, his business partner, he said, please come on this one time. Let's take something on credit. But Mendel David refused. And he accepted that he had lost everything. So the accountant and Mendel David, they got into their carriage. They started heading back home. And on the way, they passed the picnic spot in the forest where they had laid down and rested on the way to Leipzig. And Mendel David said to his friend, the accountant, you remember the last time we were here? Then I was so wealthy and now I'm poor. I have nothing. Let's go lay down on the grass again, for old time's sake. And they went and they laid down on the grass, and Mendel David put his head down, and he felt something hard. Can you believe it? After three months, the money chest was in the same exact spot. Thousands of people had come through this picnic spot, but nobody had found the chest. When Mendel David opened the box and saw all of the money there, he broke down and started crying. (laughs) Ugh! <laughs> the accountant was shocked. He said to Mendel David, Why are you crying? You should be dancing for joy. Don't you understand? We can still go back to the fair. Mendel David he kept crying and crying. He couldn't stop. He went into the box, he counted half the money. And he said to the accountant as he was crying, My friend, we've been together for a long time, but we have to separate now. Half this money is yours. Use it however you want. But just please, leave me alone. (laughs) And he started crying again. The accountant tried to convince Mendel David that they should stay together. But Mendel David, he just said, get out of here. And the accountant left. Mendel David took his half of the money. And he bought some merchandise. But nothing was the quality like he had seen in Leipzig. And it didn't sell. And in a short amount of time, he'd lost everything. And he was bankrupt and had to beg for money on the street. Now Mendel David was a businessman. He wasn't made to be a beggar. And if anybody's seen how beggars beg for money, if you're shy, you're not gonna get very much money. You gotta be a little aggressive. So Mendel David would walk around with his arm over his face and he would say, can you please give some money to a poor man? And people would ignore him or another beggar who was more aggressive would come in and push him aside and get the money instead. Mendel Dovid realized that he was gonna starve to death if he didn't figure out how to make some money. So in the town that he was in, there was a group of beggars, they all got together, and they had a beggars union. And the captain of the union, he organized the beggars in teams and sent everybody out to different areas. And since Mendel Dovid was new and shy, the captain couldn't help himself but to be mean. And he sent Mendel Dovid to the hardest place to beg for money. But he pretended like he was being really nice said, Mendel David, you know, you're new here. So we decided we're going to send you to the wealthiest Jew in town. And so Mendel David knocks on the door. And as soon as he hears the lock pulled back and the door open, he covers his eyes with his arm and puts out his other hand. And he says, please, can you give some money to a poor soul? And the wealthy Jew is looking Mendel David up and down. And he says, come in, my friend. You look tired. Are you thirsty? And Mendel David comes into the house. Nobody had treated him with such respect in such a long time. The truth is, he was hungry and thirsty. And so he was offered a glass of tea and drank it with his head, covered with his arm. And the rich man took away the glass of tea and he said, Maybe you can do me the honor of staying here for lunch? The truth was Mendel David was starving, just eating whatever he could find, little scraps of food here and there. So Mendel David said, Uh-huh. And he sat down and he ate lunch, but the whole time he never looked up. And he kept his eyes covered with his arm because he was so embarrassed. And the wealthy Jew, he put a gold coin into Mendel David's hand. And he said, please, come back tomorrow for lunch. And Mendel David said, thank you, thank you. And he left. Now, this was on Wednesday. And Wednesday night, Mendel David came back to the Schnorers. And he said to them, you won't believe what happened. I went to the wealthy man's house and he was so nice to me. Gave me tea, gave me lunch, and he gave me this gold coin. And unfortunately, the beggars... They were very jealous, and when Mendel David was sleeping, someone stole the gold coin. Now Mendel David was so innocent, he thought he had lost it somewhere, and he was really upset at himself for losing it. But when he went back to the rich man's house for lunch, the rich man gave him another gold coin, and he said, please, if you'll be my guest for Shabbos, I'll give you a hundred gold coins. Mendel David couldn't believe his good fortune, and he went back to the Schnorers, And he told them that the rich man had invited him for Shabbos and told them that he would get a hundred gold coins if he would come. The beggars were even more jealous than before, and they decided they were going to take revenge on Mendel David. Every Friday afternoon, all of the beggars would go to the mikveh. was the one time a week that they got to wash themselves. And everybody was a guest at some wealthy person's house for Shabbos. Now, Mendel David once had many bathtubs in his enormous house. And it had been months since he had cleaned himself. And he was so happy to be in the water that he had stayed there for a long time. And when he came out, to his horror, he discovered that all of his clothes were gone. When Mendel David was a wealthy man, if somebody had stolen his clothes, everybody would have jumped to help him. But now that he's a poor beggar, no one wanted to give him anything to wear. He had no clothes at all, nothing. And no one would listen to him. Eventually, it was a few minutes before Shabbos. And the person who took care of the mikveh said, Look, Mendel David, you got to get out. I don't care if you have no clothes or not. And he threw him out of the mikveh onto the street. So now Mendel David is standing in front of the mikveh that's locked. It's already Shabbos. He has no clothes, so he runs to the nearest tree and hides behind it, waiting for a miracle to happen. Now in those days, a wealthy Jew would never start the Shabbos meal without having a poor Jew at the table. So the rich Jew was waiting for Mendel David. And he wouldn't make kiddish until he showed up. And since Mendel David wasn't there, he was starting to get worried. So he sent his kids to the wealthy Jew next door, who had one of the beggars at his Shabbos table. And he said, ask the beggar, where's Mendel David? So the kids knocked on the neighbor's door. And the beggar that was there, he said, yeah, I know where he is. He's probably floating in the mikveh." Floating in the mikveh. The kids were scared that, God forbid, maybe he had drowned in the mikveh, or they locked him inside. And when they reached the mikvah, they heard somebody singing, singing, He was singing at the top of his lungs and dancing for joy. The oldest son saw Mendel David and he threw his coat over him. He said, come back for Shabbos. And Mendel David now was so embarrassed. Of course, as soon as he got to the wealthy Jews' house, they gave him a suit and clothes and everything. But the whole time Mendel David kept his arm over his eyes. His beard was almost in the soup. He never once looked up at the host for all the meals of Shabbos. And finally it was Havdalah and Shabbos was over. And the rich man gave Mendel David a hundred rubles. And he said, you spent all Shabbos with me. I gave you a hundred rubles. Don't I deserve to see your face? And so even though Mendel David was embarrassed, he removed his arm from his eyes. And who does he see standing before him? His old friend, the accountant. Mendel David said, "Ah, I can't believe it. And the accountant and Mendel David gave each other a big hug. The accountant said to Mendel David, You know, once you gave me half of what you have, and now, Baruch Hashem, I have more money than you ever had. I'll give you half of what's mine if you tell me two things. When we found your money box in the field, all that time ago near Leipzig, you were crying like it was Chobana Mikdash, the destruction of the temple. But when you were outside the mikvah now with nothing on, you were singing and happy like it was Simchat Torah. What's going on? So Mendel David explained Everyone knows that there's a wheel that governs our mazzle, our luck. And when I lost the money box and found it again with all the money inside, I knew that was it. I had reached the top of the wheel, and I could only go down from there. And I didn't want to bring you with me, so I gave you half the money and told you to get out quickly. But when I was a beggar, and so poor that everything was taken away from me, even the clothes on my back, then I knew I had reached the bottom of the wheel, and from here I could only go up. So I was dancing and singing because I knew I had finally reached the bottom and I was headed up. And so the holy Sadagor Rebbe was telling this story to Moishele, his chassid, who had lost everything. He said, my grandfather, the heilig he told the yid who brought him the 2,000 rubles that there's a wheel and sometimes we're on the top and sometimes we're on the bottom. And since I saw that you were going to go bankrupt, Over the next 10 years, for the mitzvah of you giving your last cent to this poor bride, I knocked you all the way down so you wouldn't have to wait to start getting up again. And the tzaddik rebbe blessed Moishaleh. He said, Hashem should make you a hundred times richer than you ever were before. Because you had such faith in the rebbe, and you were willing to give the last money you had to help a poor bride. And because you listened to me, Moishele. I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to take you off the wheel. And from now on, you will only go up. My sweetest friends, this was Story 100 of the Hasidic Story Project. When I started this podcast, I didn't really know if I would make it to 100 stories. And I said, if I do, I'm going to record my favorite story, the wheel. I want to thank you, my friends. You know, I thank you all the time for listening. I really mean it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your support. And may Hashem bless us that we get to share many more stories together for many years to come. I look forward to story 101, and of course, story 200, and a thousand, and many, many more. May we all be blessed to get off the wheel and only go higher and higher. El Elchayel, from strength to strength, in all things good.